Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with purpose and passion. I'm your host and valedictorian, Eric Brotman, and today our guest is Tiffany Grant. Tiffany is the podcast host of Money Talk with Tiff, single mom of two boys, uh, working two jobs, and now an MBA and accredited financial counselor and uh, and a career, a successful career lady in, in HR and really just kicking butt and taking names. So Tiff, welcome to Don't Retire Graduate. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's my pleasure. Your, your story is inspirational. I'm excited to dive into it. Uh, I also spent some time on your website and, you know, here at Don't Retire Graduate, we believe in extra credit. We don't believe in homework and we definitely are, don't know how we feel about quizzes, but you have a quiz, a personal financial literacy quiz on your website. And I took the quiz and I did not get a hundred percent. And that means the quiz is broken because <laughs> I think I'm pretty smart. So we're going to dive into that and have some fun with it today. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and, and how you got involved with not just Money Talk, uh, it, it, the show, but Money Talk in general? Yeah, sure. So I grew up, let's just take it all the way back, right? Um, so I grew up in a family of spenders. And, you know, after seeing everybody immediately close to me go through bankruptcies and foreclosures and things of that nature, I decided at a very early age that that is not the route that I want to go. So I was like, what do I need to do in order to change this trajectory and do things differently? And what I decided was diving all the way into personal finance. So I was reading the magazines. I was reading the blog posts, listening to the podcast, whatever I could do to get that information I did. And so a lot of the stuff that I teach today was self-taught to me, um, but I did it in a way that I educate in a way that makes it easy to understand and more accessible. Um, so that's pretty much how I got started. Now with Money Talk with Tiff, it started as a blog. It was just to chronicle my journey to be debt-free by 30 because that was my goal at the time. And then also I realized that I was the go-to person for a lot of my family and friends. They would ask me random financial questions and they, I guess they realized early on that I was a money nerd. So <laughs> I was like, if one person has this question, there's probably hundreds that have the same question. So I might as well get it out onto the World Wide Web. So that's how Money Talk with Tiff got started. And then fast forward 2019, I had the podcast and that was to let that's to show what other people do to make spend, save, invest, because my thought process behind that is the way out of poverty is ideas. So the more ideas that I can spread, the better it is for maybe a listener. Maybe they're like, I never even knew that existed. I didn't know you could make money doing that. And now it opens up a door for them. So that's kind of Money Talk with Tiff in what, two minutes? <laughs> Something like that. Now, you, you're a self-proclaimed money nerd. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as someone who uh, attends FinCon every year and goes to the conferences for money nerds, we actually got T-shirts last year. I, I trust you have one that just says money nerds unite. And, yes. and so I do wear that shirt. I'm a self-proclaimed money nerd as well. So it's good to, to, to meet a kindred spirit uh, today. Now, you spent a significant amount of time in school. I mean, educating yourself to take um, to take not only your career to the next level and your personal finance to the next level, but your ability to help people and make a difference with their finances to the next level. Talk a little bit about your academic journey 
uh, and how that came to be and, and how you paid for it. Because, you know, it, we're in the whirlwind of student loan talk right now this year, and it is a, a hot button topic. And I will be the first to say, yes, please give me the 10,000 because I need it. Um, <laughs> so uh, when it comes okay. to my, my educational journey, right, um, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a chef. That was my original trajectory. I said, oh, I want to be a chef. Like, that's what I aspired to do for my entire life. And that's what I wanted. So when I was in high school, I was taking culinary classes and I applied to Johnson and Wales, which is a culinary school. I got accepted. And then a week later, I found out I was pregnant with my first son, my oldest son. And so I said, well, I can't go all the way. Um, I'm in Greensboro. I can't go all the way to Charlotte. Um, and I have a, a child on the way. So business was actually my second choice, right? Which now hindsight 2020, I look back and I'm like, I'm totally glad <laughs> that I took this route. Um, but I started at a community college because at that time it was too late to apply to the universities. And so I said, well, I do want to get started this fall semester. So my next best bet is just to go to a community college and start there. And so that's what I did. Now, I'm glad I took that step because it ended up being practically free because I was able to get Pell grants and stuff. Um, and then also it allowed me to save a lot of money on my undergrad degree. So once I did two years there, I transferred to a university. I got my four year degree. So I have a bachelor's in business administration with a concentration in management. And while I was in school, because um, I was like, well, this doesn't align with culinary. I said, I want to be an executive assistant one day. Like that is what I want to do. I want to be the right hand girl to a CEO or a founder or whomever. Well, after I graduated, I got the first uh, inkling of that, which was a receptionist. And I said, yeah, no, this can't be life. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. I can't go this route. And so while I was sitting there, um, I saw what the HR person was doing. Um, she kind of took me under her wing. It was kind of like my first official mentor. Um, and she showed me everything about HR. And I was like, this is something that I would prefer to do. So then um, I got my first HR position and my ultimate goal, even when I was an undergrad, was to be a college professor, okay? Now, a lot of people might be thinking, dang, you are really nerdy, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. So I wanted to be a college professor. So I thought that I had to get my MBA or my master's in order to get my PhD. That's how I ended up in the MBA program. Now, I've realized, I think I was like, last semester in the MBA program where I realized that I did not need to do all of that in order to go straight to PhD. Mm. But I was like, here I am. I'm already, what, 40, 50,000 in debt. Might as well finish it. So that's what I did. So I have a master's in business administration. Now, I'm also, which I'm glad I took that route, honestly, because it has helped me tremendously, not only in career, but also in my entrepreneurship endeavors. Um, but also I am a professor, well, not technically a professor, I'm an adjunct um, mm -hmm. at a local university. So actually okay. that's where I just came from before this recording. Um, I just came okay. from teaching my class. So I was able to use that MBA to at least take the first step into teaching, which was my ultimate goal. Um, and I do plan on enrolling in a PhD program next year. So Okay. Wow. And and PhD in what discipline? So surprisingly, 
Well, um, you've gone from chef, chef to executive assistant to college professor. Uh, now I figure you're going to be an astronaut, and that's going to require a PhD in astrophysics. <laughs> what, <right>. What's next? <laughs> um, so next for me. So okay, when I was looking at PhD programs, my first thought, which if there's anyone listening that is interested in getting their PhD, that's a minority and want to do it in business, highly suggest doing. Um, there's a conference called the PhD Project, and I had the opportunity to go so I could learn about all the business schools. It was all expenses paid. Um, you get in front of the people that make the decisions, so on and so forth. So I thought that I would be going after a business PhD, right? Well, it was just earlier this year where I was talking to one of my clients who is currently a social work PhD. And when I explained to him what I wanted to study, you know, what I wanted to research, what I wanted to write papers on, he said, Tiffany, that's social work. That's not business. <laughs> and I said, oh, and then he said, actually, my the professor that's over me, um, that's exactly what he studies is the financial aspect of social work. And I said, perfect, put me in touch. So that's what I, that's when I decided that it's actually going to be a PhD in social work. So not business anymore, um, but that is more aligned with what I'm trying to accomplish. So, yeah. Now, can you, can you get um, tuition subsidies for a PhD? Can you work at the university so that the PhD doesn't come with tuition? In fact, you can usually get a stipend and be paid to go, right? Absolutely. So when I went okay. to, and that's why I highly recommend um, going to the PhD project if that's if you're remotely interested in you know being a professor, because that's what opened my eyes to that. I thought I was going to have to take on more debt. They were like, no, actually, tuition should not cost, and not only that, you should actually be paid on top of that. So I didn't even know that was a thing until mm. I was educated on it. And when I was talking to the advising professor for the social work program, he said they do have tuition, but because of what I want to study, he would be able to get it fully covered and also pay me as well. So it depends on the program. Um, I think it depends on the program, what you want to research, and if there's already a grant in place at that university that can cover it or not. Um, because don't get me wrong, not all business schools do pay for it. Um, some actually charge tuition. So always do your research. <laughs> Look what, you know, our show has always had an academic theme. Um, though this is more academic than ever. The only reason I would get a PhD, I was adjunct faculty locally too and loved it. The only reason I would even consider a PhD is just so that my friends I grew up with would have to call me doctor. That sounds fun. Um, but outside of that, I think I'm, I'm probably not going down that road. But it's good advice for people who want to pursue particularly careers in academia, um, but who want to be researchers and writers and, and so forth. You don't have to take more debt on. And that's really important because student loans are, I think they're an abomination. And, and unfortunately, it, they are a significant albatross around a lot of, a lot of folks' necks right now. Um, let's shift gears a little bit because I want to talk about money talk. And I, I, we need to do this quiz. I, I This has been bothering me. I, what our audience doesn't know is that that you were supposed to be a guest on our show a little while ago and had the nerve to cancel on us for something. I don't know. But whatever it I was. I was in Jamaica. I had a good excuse. <laughs> we could have done the show from there. I would have traveled and done the show live for the record. But nonetheless. Um, 
So I took the quiz and it's been a long time. So it's been gnawing at me. I have a daughter in school who, if, if she doesn't get a hundred percent on something, she feels like she has failed herself. Um, and that was not my, for those of you listening who went to high school or college with me, you know, that was not my, my way. In fact, I call myself valedictorian of the show because it's the closest I've ever been to valedictorian, which is fun. But, um, <laughs> on this quiz, I teach personal financial literacy. I teach CFP curriculum. I, I am, I consider myself incredibly adroit in the personal finance space. And I did not get 100%. I, in fact, got one question wrong. Okay. Can you guess which question I got wrong? Hmm. No, I can't. Let, okay. let's, let's hear it. <laughs> the question I got wrong is, what is a good credit score? Ah, okay. And I will tell you that the reason I got it wrong is because good feels subjective to me. Mm -hmm. So what you might have said is a good credit score might not feel like a good credit score to me. So, so uh, the, the, what were the so options? The options were, the options were, I believe, uh, 600 or higher, 660 or higher, or 720 or higher, I believe. Mm -hmm. And my answer was 720 or higher. Mm. And the correct answer was 660 or higher. And I object strenuously. <laughs> and only because only like like anything else everything's relative tiff so um you, you know i quote philosophers in my book don't retire graduate I, I quote great philosophers and one of my favorite philosophers is chris rock and what chris rock said was he said if 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 tomorrow bill gates woke up with oprah's net worth he'd want to jump out a window right with this idea that wealth is relative it's all relative mm -hmm. If you were to ask what is a good score on a test or what's a good grade, there are some people who would say a C is a good grade, I'm moving on. There are some people who would say a B is a good grade because I'm a C student. And there's others who would say anything less than an A is I'm failing myself. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, I, I looked at all these uh, these questions. I have it in front of me because, uh, because I, I think it's important. Um, there was, uh, suppose you have $1,000 you want to invest, which would be okay. a safer way to invest it. And there were some options there. And I'm not going to spoil the quiz because I'm going to tell people they should go take it. And I've already given them the answer to what is a good credit score, though I disagree with right. the answer. And therefore, <clears throat> you will also get a 92% on this quiz, which is still an A, <laughs> but it's a very low A. Uh, will applying for a new credit card hurt your score? Suppose you, de you deposit $100 in a savings account paying 10% interest, which by the way, I would like to find that savings account, please. Right. Uh, compounded annually and you do not remove any money, how much will you have in the account after five years? So that's a compound interest question. Uh, suppose okay. you need to borrow $100, which is the lower amount to pay back. So that's a, that's a compounding debt question. These are great. Um, Thank you. <clears throat> imagine your savings account is earning 1% a year, which is closer, and inflation is 2% a year, which sounds great now. Um, both compounded annually. After one year, how much would you be able to buy with the money in this account? Great question. Um, and then there's some true falses about mortgages and about company stock. And it, it's really worth doing. And I, I, th I think it's, I think it's a fun way to introduce yourself to people. Um, and so I will not spoil any of the other answers, though. I'm going to let you tell people where to take this. And if anyone gets 100%, it's only because I just helped them. <laughs> That's the In only way, opinion. right? <laughs> That's the only way to get 100% is with my tutelage. 
because I just gave them one of the answers that's wrong. All right, so tell, tell us where this came to be and, and, and uh, a little bit more about it. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. So financial literacy, right? It's a hot button topic thankfully now. Um, but as we all know, nobody teaches this stuff really. Like we don't, I, I joke with people. I'm like, I go, I went through elementary, middle, high, undergrad, graduate school. I'm like, I can tell you all about corporate finance. Nobody ever told me about personal finance. And unfortunately, like that's what we need. Like we need more personal finance stuff. Like, you know, I joke and say there's a joke out there where it's like, yeah, um, school really helped now that it's parallelogram season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that. Yes. Right. Right. So, you know, it's something that's very needed. So I was like, okay, what's a fun way to start putting financial education on people's radar? Everybody loves quizzes, right? You took it. You're like, oh, I want to test my skills. I want to test my knowledge. I took took it, but I took it with the idea that I'd ace it. And now my feelings are hurt. But all right, go ahead. So that's how you came up with the quiz idea. Perfect. And see, that's a good example of why it's important to do this type of stuff, right? Because you took it, you didn't get 100. So now you're like, well, why didn't I get 100? So now you want to go back through all your questions and all your answers and try to figure out, okay, where did I go wrong? And then when you see where you go wrong, now you want to research. Now you, you were just like, yeah, this is objective, which I agree that is an objective question. But um, you wanted to research more about why you got this question wrong. So now it puts people in the mindset of, okay, I didn't get a hundred. Maybe I thought I was going to get a hundred. Where are my gaps now? And so now, and that's why, you know, you should have got a follow-up email saying, oh, you didn't get a hundred. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the material. So that way you can come back and get a (laughs) hundred. Well, listen, I'm clearly, I'm clearly not your best student. I'm not your best student. But the, the the quizzes are great. Actually, it, it in Don't Retire, Graduate in the book, we actually do a, a five question quiz at the end of each chapter. Um, and they're not graded. Nobody has to feel pressure. And they're true false because they just make mm-hmm. you think a little bit about each individual topic. It's not designed to make you sit and do math or crunch numbers or I, I don't want any I don't want to make anybody feel um, financially illiterate by the fact that you can't, maybe can't get that question right. It's designed to be, did you pick something up in this chapter? Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we, there is no final exam, but every chapter ends with an extra credit assignment because right. I was of the impression, and this is, once again, I'm wrong, Tiff, I'm wrong a lot. And I thought I was right at work and wrong at home because mm-hmm. I'm married and I have a daughter and I'm the only man in the house, which means I'm wrong about everything. Everything is my fault. Of course. Because we're I, Yes. Well, I, we, also subjective. Um, 
So, so, so there, there, I, I thought everybody did extra credit. Everybody loves extra credit. And then my daughter, who I told you likes to ace tests, says uh, there was extra credit assigned. She didn't want to bother with it. I was like, always do the extra credit. Nah, it's not, I don't, it's not required of me. And I was dumbfounded. I'm like, what do you mean? That's, these are freebies. Take them, go get it. And, and so we had, a, I had a debate with my then, I think, third grader um, that I lost said debate, but I had the debate anyway. Um, tell us about your podcast. Tell us about your, your, um, your, your website and the podcast and, and who are you reaching? Who's your audience? Yeah, and I just want to hit on that point real quick, because you're absolutely right. Not everybody does extra credit. And I've seen that, you know, as I teach these freshmen coming in, I'm like, it's the people that need it the most that don't do the extra credit. And usually it's the ones that are the overachievers. So the people that already have 100 sometimes mm -hmm. are the ones that do the extra credit. And so if you think about it on a more, um, you know, in-depth perspective, it's like, okay, the people that need it the most are the ones actively seeking it out. The people that, no, 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 sorry, said that backwards. The people that don't need it the most are mm -hmm, the ones mm -hmm. that are actively seeking out the knowledge and the information. The people mm -hmm. that need it the most are leaving it by the wayside and not seeking that information out. And so that is what I'm trying to change is that, people that need it the most, I'm making it more fun and exciting because finance is boring for most people. Um, so that way they will actively seek out that information. And that's what I try to accomplish with everything that I put out. That's why I make it fun. That's why I make it interesting. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of comedy um, and so, so on and so forth. So I wouldn't I just have guessed. To on that. <laughs> right? I wouldn't have guessed that at all. There's no repartee in this particular show. So, um, so now, do you think do you think that's true? Do you think it's true that um, that finance is boring to most people, or do you think finance is the kind of thing where if you're thriving with it, it's good fun, and if you're getting beat up by it, it's no fun? Like debt is no fun for anybody. Although I know people who, in paying off huge debt, start to feel real good about themselves. So. It mm -hmm. seems like the kind of thing where finance is more fun if you're having more success. And if you're having more success, it's going to be more fun. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas the, the shoe on the other foot would be the same way. If you're getting deeper in a hole, you don't want to even think about it. And, and putting your head in the sand is only going to make the hole deeper. So is, is finance boring to everyone or is it daunting? And so people who maybe aren't adept at it or aren't thriving at it try to ignore it. I think it's a combination of both actually. So I, I like this is another subjective thing, right? Because it depends on the person. So for instance, I have clients cause I'm a financial counselor. So I usually deal with people that are deep in debt or first time budgeting or, you know, stuff like that. And I can tell you, sometimes they come in where they're like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. This is horrible. Then by the time we actually look at the stuff, they realize, oh, this is not as bad as I thought it was. And they realize that by ignoring it, like you said, they made the situation worse. So then it goes from something that's traumatic to look at to something that's fun to look at, right? And then on the other side, I have also seen people that have money um, you know, have done very well for themselves and they still ignore it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> with that, you know, with that situation, 
for instance, I used to work at a firm and it was all high net worth individuals. They still needed financial help as well because they still um, ignored certain situations, right? So I think it's finance usually, and, and let's just put it in perspective. Usually when you hear people talking about finance, it is in a seminar or something. Um, and it's very wah, 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 like, you know, like the peanuts, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of people, when that happens, they start tuning out and it's very boring. Um, and, and unfortunately that is the expectation in the industry, right? So when people, for instance, when they have the 401k annual, Thing that, you know, the people come in and they do the 401k meeting or whatever. It's very want, 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 want. It's very boring. And so that sets the expectation for what the entire industry is like. And, and it's unfortunate because it doesn't have to be that way, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be, you know, you're getting lectured or preached at or, um, you know, it's just spitting out numbers. And if you're already not good at numbers, then of course you're just going to automatically turn it out. It doesn't have to be that way. There's different ways that you can get entry points into learning about this stuff. And so anyway, so to answer your question, long way to answer your question, I think it depends. And I do think that most people think that personal finance is boring. Um, that's why there's money nerds like us that are like, oh, this is fun. Um, but most people um, think that finance is either um, boring or you know, not something that they wanna spend a lot of time on. I've even had people come to me and they're like, can you just, can I just give you my checks and then you just pay my bills and then you just give me a stipend? And I'm like, like they just don't want to deal with it at all because it's not wow. something that interests them. And I'm just like, no, I don't do that. Um, so it, yeah, you that's know, a different, that's a different service. <laughs> right. Exactly. And yeah. it's one that I do not do because I want to make sure that when you work with me, you're learning. Like I come from wanting to educate, like that's how this whole thing started. So at the end of the day, I don't want you to be my client forever. That means that I'm not teaching you enough. Um, I want you to be like, oh, okay, Tiffany, I understand this concept, I can implement. Oh, I understand this, I can implement. You know, and then by the end of it, I don't want you to be my client forever. I don't want to have you forever because then I'm going to be like, okay, now what's going on here? <laughs> like, am I not doing my job right <laughs> or what's going on? And so anyway, that's my goal. It's not about money. It's about education. And that's what you should seek out when you're trying to find people to help you in whatever you're doing. So when people graduate from your program and they they really have their their ducks in a row and they're feeling confident and they're feeling comfortable then you can send them our way because we do want clients exactly. forever uh, and we're happy to we're happy to do that and so once you once you've gotten them on the on the straight and narrow then then we're happy to work with them um i have to ask you oh no go ahead now i was gonna say go and that's exactly how it works right so people come to me like for instance i have relationships with advisors all over the country um and they send people my way when they're not quite ready for like the cfp level stuff and they need somebody to handhold them through the budgeting you know and all that stuff to begin with but they have potential right so i hold their hand through that process and then once we're done with all of that 
I have no problem sending them off. I'm like, go fly, go to the next level. Um, <laughs> you know, you're outside of the nest now. Um, but that's oh exactly God. how um, the okay. AFC CFP type relationship works. I mean, because we do completely sure. different things. So that's another education piece for people. Well, no, I love that. And and the AFC is something, you know, the accredited financial counselor is something that was new to me recently. I wasn't aware no. that it existed. I knew that there were financial coaches. I actually interviewed somebody on the show who's a financial therapist, which was a whole different uh -huh. level of, of conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's where there's not just maybe challenges or blind spots about money, but, but real, real issues around the, the way money makes you feel, I guess, or, or experiences you've had. Um, mm -hmm. I have to ask you, and I've got a, a bunch of questions and we're running short on time, um, but before we move on to uh, to the big questions, the little question, do you still cook? I do. You wanted to be a chef. You still cook? All right, I good. Do. So and next time I'm in Greensboro, <laughs> next time, which is a lot actually, next to, did you did you go to UNCG? That's where I teach at and that's where I got my That's MBA, where you teach? Yes. Very mm -hmm. cool. All right. So I'm in Greensboro a lot. So awesome. uh, I'm going to hit you up for a home cooking meal. Deal? Okay. Let me know. Right. Just let me know ahead of time. Don't just pop uh, well, up I'm not going to show up. I promise. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'll bring the wine. All right. So, uh, so what do you want to be when you grow up? You've given us, frankly, we started with chef, executive assistant, college professor, adjunct, business, and now social work. But you're just getting started. I mean, the cool thing here is you discovered all of this very young. I mean, you're, you're I'm not going to date you, but you're a very young person and you've got a long runway ahead of you to do some very cool things and make a difference and change the world in your own way. What do you want to be when you grow up? What's what's the, the end game, if that's the right way to say it, or, or what's the next big thing? Yeah, so I'm, I don't mind sharing. I am 31 because um, I do want to use that as a way to give people inspiration as well. Um, but what I want to be, so it never really changed. Like the core of it never really changed. The core of it is I want to educate people. Okay. So for me, that means being a professor, working on Money Talk with Tiff, exactly what I am doing now is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I am solid on that. It's not going to change anymore. I am solid on what I'm doing right now is what I want to do when I get older. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad you found you found your calling and 31. Not very many people find their calling at 31. There's folks 45 still trying to figure it out. So I, I give you an enormous amount of credit. Uh, and speaking of credit, it's time for an extra credit assignment, which I know our listeners are going to do because our listeners are not those people who ignore extra credit. They actually do it whether they need it or not. What is a good one step, one extra credit assignment that you could give our, our viewers or, or listeners today? Um, as a result of spending some time with us. Yeah, and I mean, you already kind of prefaced it. I think the best extra credit assignment is to go do that quiz and see how much you really know. And as you can see um, <laughs> with your objections and stuff, but as you can see, <laughs> It's made to make you think and it's made to make you realize, okay, what do I need to learn more about? So whether it's credit, whether it's budgeting, whether it's debt, and then once you do that, you can dive into the material, whether it's here, whether it's um, 
on other podcasts, whether it's on the website, um, on my blog, actually, and I'm glad you popped this up, on the blog, you can search for whatever term you're thinking about. So like, let's say for instance, you take the quiz and, um, you know, for instance, he had an issue about the credit thing. You can type mm -hmm. in credit, you can type in credit scores or whatever, and it'll pop up with all the free material I've ever created. Last time I checked the blog, I was at like 200 and some articles. So it's plenty out there. And if you do search something and you don't find it, let me know so I can create it. <laughs> Very good. No, I love that. It's a great extra credit assignment. In fact, I dare say your extra credit assignment for the first time was to do all the extra credit assignments, which is a, 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 a little bit of a circular reference, but I loved it and I think it makes sense. Um, Tiffany Grant, you have been a spectacular guest. I can't thank you enough for spending time. I, I appreciate your humor. I appreciate your energy. I, I appreciate that I can drop in for a home-cooked meal. Uh, all of those things are a big deal to me, and uh, you've just been an awesome guest. And and the the web address is moneytalkwitht.com, correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I hope our yes. folks so will check it out. I hope they will get 100 on the quiz because of my help. And uh, I thank <laughs> you for being a guest. You were a great guest. I, I knew you would be, and I thank you for doing it. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my story and having me on. <laughs> It's been fun. And I'd like to thank all of you for watching and listening today. We'd love to hear from you. So please send us a message or leave us comments at don'tretiregraduate.com or on social media. Leave us ratings and reviews that make a huge difference to the show. Uh, and if you enjoy it, don't keep it a secret. Share it with your friends and family so they can join you on your journey to financial freedom. We'll be back next week with another episode of Office Hours and in two weeks with another engaging guest. For now, this is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. Don't Retire, Graduate is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.